Hello. Hello. And welcome to Tacos and To Kill Ya. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And this is our 13th episode. Woo! I just literally had to look and see which number we were on. <laughs> yeah, I can't keep track anymore. I actually made in um one of those apps you made me download a list of all the different episodes. So I could keep track I of what, what was going on. Thank you. And I made a key for what, what it was so we could keep track. This You're the real MVP. I saw it and I was like, this is so smart. I was running <laughs> out. I couldn't couldn't keep track anymore. <laughs> yeah, I had to like, every time I go to start my notes, I like write what episode it is at the top. And I have to go back and look at the last one now. <laughs> yep. yep. To write it. <laughs> Um, I will also preface this. Sorry to anyone who hears my boyfriend coughing and dying in the background. (laughs) Hopefully it doesn't pick up, but it's a loud cough. It's an ugly cough. He's pretty sick right now. So, uh, yeah, he's kind of dying. It's cool. (laughs) Everything's fine. (laughs) Sick of his shit. (laughs) Well, I know Sydney picked this case today. And it is very wild. Uh, <laughs> All of I, our cases are wild. Who are you we always pick wild ones. <laughs> and I also really like that we tend to pick ones that I've never heard of before. So I actually had never heard of this case until Sydney sent me this article. I know you said you heard about it, but we'll share that. I'll let you share that information <laughs> and set the scene and everything. For sure. For sure. But. Yeah, I think that that's one of the things that is really great about us. Like, they've all been smaller cases. It's not just the big ones. Yeah, I agree. And they're, like, crazy-ass cases are, like, really freaking interesting. Um, I'm sure a lot of people heard of Chandra Levy case, I guess. But, like, the last few ones I had never heard of before that. So, definitely interesting. It's helped me learn a lot, which is... I say, like, or I think that's, like, a big reason I wanted to get into this, too. I know we would constantly share articles personally around between the two of us. Or, like, oh, look at this case I'm obsessing over right now. Yes. Uh, TBT to you being obsessed with Bally's fire. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm still obsessed with that. I'm going to probably Google that until I fall asleep. (laughs) But uh, it helps me also learn new cases and not just hear, you know, the same handful of ones and I am a fan so hopefully you guys are too and I'll let Sid set the scene all right so our story starts out in Libertyville Illinois which is a suburb on Chicago's North Shore if you're familiar with the Chicago area um it is the Rouse Rouse's Rouse's I think it's Rouse's based on the way that I've heard it pronounced, but it could be, like, Ronda Rousey, too. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it was Rouse. R-O-U-S-E. I think it's, I think it's Rouse, too, but we'll get into why it might be Rousey in a minute. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, this is your typical suburban family, one that I feel like most people would really want to strive to be. Um, they're 
pretty well-off family. Father Bruce was a very successful businessman. He had owned both a chain of gas stations and cable services and was basically considered to be a workaholic. The mother, Darlene, was a stay-at-home mom, and she's involved in all of these local clubs and organizations. So how those rich, wealthy moms like to go and join all the local (laughs) clubs to socialize and gossip about their neighbors and brag about their children. Yeah, give them something to do once the kids get older. (laughs) Exactly. They have three teenage-aged kids. Kurt, the oldest, who had a nickname, Wolfman, due to his shoulder-length hair and his bushy beard. He didn't have the best relationship with his parents. He had enjoyed drinking and drugs and actually was at one point kicked out of the family home, but was allowed to live on another property on their land. Basically, he lived in the guest house on their property. I mean, I feel like it's still a win for Kurt because he's still he would still be like mooching off of his parents. <laughs> for sure. Like, yeah, we're gonna kick you out, but you can just live in the backyard. Like Exactly. We're but, still like, gonna pay our the backyard electric. on like a six acre property. <laughs> yep. We're still gonna pay the electric bill. You can still come and get food, I'm sure. You can come to dinner. Like that's <laughs> ideal situation. Yeah, give me my privacy, yes. guys. <laughs> Their midder, their midder, their middle child was a daughter, Robin, who was apparently considered to be the favorite, and this could be due to her being the only daughter, or it could be for just sucking up and being the good child that's telling on her brothers all the time. And their youngest son, Billy, who had once been very close with his parents, and then as he got older, he started to hang out with his older brother, Kurt. And they started drinking and doing drugs. And eventually he's, his parents are very against him and are threatening him to go to a military school and kick him out of the house too and all that great stuff. So the Rouse family lives in a 13-room, six-acre mansion. So they're quite well off. This is my ideal home, of course. Yes, very well off. <laughs> that I can't afford. So, a little background on the family. But on June 6, 1980, is where our story really kicks in. An employee of one of Bruce's businesses calls the home around 8 o'clock when Bruce had not showed up for his shift. He typically came into his businesses around 5.30. Since he didn't show up for work, he calls. Robin answers the phone and goes to check on her parents to find both Darlene and Bruce dead. Her brother, Billy, calls police, and upon police's arrival, all three of the children are sitting outside in the lawn in complete shock. Police find blood all over the master bedroom, finding that Darlene had been shot first, and a piece of her head was actually missing due to the close proximity of the gun that had been used. Jesus. Bruce had also been shot where his jaw had been completely blown off. And then it appeared that he had been hit as well several times and stabbed several times to the heart. Police were also able to tell that Bruce had actually attempted to get up at some point during his death. 
likely when he heard that his wife was being shot. Darlene's jewelry and purse are both missing. So initially the police are thinking that this, you know, this is a mansion, this family's pretty well off. Um, Maybe it was some sort of home invasion that had gone wrong. But then they start to find other things that don't really add up. So Bruce's gun collection is also missing. But there's no fingerprints that are found on any of the guns that don't belong to someone in the home. And there was also no forced entry into the home. So this is a smaller community. I feel like this would be like a sleepy town. So it could be, you know, a lot of people like that don't lock their doors. Maybe it was just a random that had walked in. But they take this opportunity to go ahead and interview the kids since there's no other fingerprints that are found. Which makes sense. For sure. Absolutely. Kids are always guilty. I mean, guilty is something, but I don't know. (laughs) Billy was at the house and said his parents were fine when he had gone to bed. Kurt was in his guest house with his girlfriend. And Robin had arrived home around midnight, said goodnight to her father, and had then gone to bed. Um, Also, please note that the night that the murders had happened, there was a very severe thunderstorm. So none of the kids were able to say that they had heard anything because there was this very violent thunderstorm that had been taking place. Um, During Robin's interview with police, she was very zoned out. And it's just completely out of it. So the police were considering her to be, like, evasive and saying that she wasn't cooperating with police. When, I guess, in reality, if you think about it, she just found her parents dead. So I feel like you probably would be a little evasive. I mean, yeah, I'd probably, that probably wouldn't be the first thing I wanted to do. <laughs> She's, no. what, like, 17, 16, 17 mm-hmm. at this time. So I can't imagine personally wanting to be like, yeah, let me sit down and recount everything that I literally just witnessed that was horrifying, traumatic, and I'll never get over. Yeah, that's not at all what you want to do after seeing anything <laughs> Understandable. Like For sure. So all these interviews with the Rouse children eventually stop when their uncle shows up with a lawyer. The police are basically told that they can no longer contact these children for any interviews. But the officers continue to search the property and are able to determine that Bruce's car had recently been used. Later, a tip had come in not long after that a man had been by the Des Plaines River and thought that there was a pipe that was sticking out of the water. As he got closer to it, he was able to determine that it was actually several shotguns and a jewelry box with the jewelry still inside of it. All of these missing items were actually items that had gone missing from the home. So police were able to determine that that scene at the home had to have been staged because if someone was going to go ahead and take all these items... You'd think that they would keep them. They wouldn't just go ahead and stick them in the river for someone else to find. You literally just went through all that trouble to get those items. I don't think you would dump it on purpose. (laughs) No, absolutely not. So months after these murders had happened, there's no arrests and there's no suspects. And the town begins to talk. Many people in the town are believing it was one of the kids who murdered their parents about half thinking it was Kurt, 
and the other half thinking that it was Billy. So where my interesting fact comes in about how I know about this case. So my dad's grandma, so my great grandma and great grandpa, um, lived in the Libertyville area. And my great grandma, so my granny is what we called her. She went to a tops club, which is similar to a Weight Watchers club. And knew a Elsie Rouse, who was an aunt of the Rouse family. And she had always said, so I personally don't remember this because she passed away when I was very little, but to my dad, that one of the sons was responsible for it. One of the sons had to have killed their mom and dad, and everyone knew this. They were very adamant about it. And one thing that I do remember is anytime we would go out there, we would always have to drive past the house, and my mom would be like, "Oh, the kids murder their <laughs> murder their parents there." So yeah, well, small world. I was, yeah, I was gonna say that's really wild that uh, she knew them, <laughs> or at least right. some of them, and uh, it's also really crazy that everyone always suspected the sons or one of them. But, like, nothing was done. Well, no. we'll we'll get into the rest of the story. Sorry. Don't okay, want to steal your thunder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's thundering. Sorry. Sorry. Right I'll now, back so. off. <laughs> um, so Darlene and Bruce were very wealthy. They, wealthy people, they always got their money everywhere. But they also had a very large life insurance on one another. So the kids were each to inherit close to... So this... I, I heard a lot of different um, numbers on this. One article I read said it was close to like a million dollars they were going to each get. Another one was like two hundred dollars to $300,000 that they were each going to get. Also, this is in the 80s, though. So that's definitely a lot. Maybe it was talking like referring to a million dollars now. Because it's a lot yeah. of money. I was gonna but, say I saw the one million in like one article, but the rest gave me like the two hundred or three hundred thousand dollar range. But that would make sense now that I'm thinking about it. If it was like the two hundred or three hundred thousand dollar range in the eighties, that'd probably be like damn close to a million dollars nowadays. Yeah, probably. So that's a lot of money that these kids are going to inherit. Once their money is each received. Basically, they just move on with their lives. They don't talk to each other. Um, Billy and Kurt both move out of state, and they carry on with their lives. In 1983, Robin has actually agreed to meet with the police to tell them what she knows. And had apparently said that she knew one of her brothers had killed their parents. The night before this interview is set to take place, she's driving home from... So she's in the Wisconsin area and is driving back home to Libertyville and she hits a utility pole and dies in a single car crash. And it's actually rumored that one of her brothers had tampered with her car to keep her from revealing that information to the police. Which is a wild theory. Cause like, I'm pretty sure both the brothers were living out of town at that point, but what are the odds of that happening? probably very slim but I mean if you're if you're super I mean everything I think of always seems to go back to organized crime for whatever reason 
But if you're very adamant that you need, like, someone is working against you in a negative manner, no matter where you are in the world, like, if you have friends, like, that are going to work to be on your side, I feel like it would kind of make sense for them to. Yeah, I get that. I actually, on a side note, before we continue, because you just brought this up, one of the theories was that the family was involved in organized crime since, like, once everything was found, they threw out a robbery idea. And in my notes, I literally wrote in all caps, how original. (laughs) Organized crime runs the world. Well, and they're, like, a wealthy family in suburb north of Chicago, so, like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, it makes sense that they're in, in organized crime is involved don't get me wrong it is involved a lot of times but i'm like oh always organized crime or some weird conspiracies very stereotypical satanic cults <laughs> stereotypical thing for a rich chicago family oh it must exactly. be organized crime <laughs> exactly must be in the mob So, years down the line, in 1995, the police receive a call from, so the Libertyville police receive a call from police in Key West that they have Billy Rouse in custody after he had just robbed a bank. Police. (laughs) Making smart life decisions there, Billy. (laughs) (laughs) Police meet with Billy, who agrees to tell them the truth of what happened that night. He says that he came home from a night of drinking, got into a fight with his mom when she noticed that he was drunk. She had threatened him that he was going to get sent to military school. So he basically sits down in a room, drinks, and does some drugs, and thinks up how he's going to murder his parents. He's fed up, so he grabs his his dad's shotgun, kills his mom, and then his dad. He said that basically his dad wouldn't die, so he just kept hitting him with the back of the gun, and then stabbed him with a kitchen knife, and then staged the scene of a burglary to cover his own ass, basically. Okay, so when you were talking about the crime scene and, like, how the dad was killed, I almost said, wow, that's really a lot of overkill, and it's very clearly anger is directed at the father and blah blah blah. I was like but I don't want to (laughs) like give it away what I know (laughs) but yeah I was like when I was reading the article I was like damn someone who knew this man and hated him like seriously that was who killed him for sure that's I mean that's what it would seem as if and it's true (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When Billy was later asked if he was sorry, he said yes and no, and said more so that he was sorry that his sister Robin had gone through such a difficult time in her life because of all of it. Neither sibling was said to have been involved. In 1996, Billy is convicted of two counts of first-degree murder and is sentenced to two consecutive 40-year terms. And I believe when I checked, he is eligible for parole in 2035. Well, that's not too far away, but he'll be an old man by then. Yeah, he'll be real old by then. Something I thought was really interesting, too, that I read. So even if, let's say, the kids got, you know, two hundred dollars to $300,000 each, 
that's a fuck ton of money. Okay. Oh, hell yeah. Billy, like, up and leaves and moves to Key West. And I saw, like, he had, like, a crazy record. He got arrested and did 60 days for stabbing a kid over a chess game. (laughs) And uh, after his 60 days, he, like, tried to straighten his life out. He, like, got married and had a kid. But he drank a lot and did a lot of dumb shit. And so that marriage quickly ended. And it left him basically broke. Living on a house. And he was like constantly. Like he was very known to local authorities. Because he was constantly like racking up petty charges. So I thought that was kind of wild. Like that was the life he went on to live. That's super interesting too. Because you think if you get all this money like. Oh, I'm just gonna clean my act up. Like, you don't, why are you doing all these petty charges? Like, why are you doing these petty robberies and whatever it is? Like, you have money. You came for money. You inherited money. Yeah, and it sounded like he pretty much blew through it very quickly on like drugs and alcohol. Which I guess, I guess that would make sense. And then you'd have to resort to petty thefts. Yeah. It's very sad. I saw that uh, Kurt was interviewed in a Snapped episode. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch it. I watched clips of it. (laughs) Uh, But it was, it's like a crazy story because, you know, also all that time, it was like, what, 15 years before he finally confessed. Mm -hmm. And so you got to think all that time went on where probably at least, you know, a third of the people who knew about this case thought Kurt did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he had to live with that his whole life, too, which is pretty sad. Which would make sense, too. I mean, so Robin stayed in the Libertyville area and then Kurt and Billy both moved out of state. And when you're in a position like that where the whole entire town is talking about you, it would only make sense that both of them would run away from their problems. Like, all these people are saying I might have been the killer, when in reality, Kurt wasn't even involved. Oh, yeah. If I was Kurt, even if I, did, like, he didn't commit the crime, and even though yeah. he knew that, I would do the same thing. I'd leave. Why would I want to be there? If all First of all, it's talking. traumatic and horrifying. Sure. Yeah. And then I also saw some interesting notes, or I had an interesting note about the kids' alibis that they told the police immediately. Mm -hmm. So, Kurt had said he had been out with his girlfriend that night. They got home late to that guest house, and I want to say she confirmed. I don't know if she stayed the night. I think she had stayed the night and, like, gone immediately to sleep. And then Robin had been out of school dance and hadn't returned until after midnight. And, like, the only person that really didn't have an alibi to begin with anyways was Billy. He just said, oh, I've been out with friends. I return late in the evening, too. So, yeah. like, that wasn't even a very good <laughs> no. alibi. And, like, I know he had said, too, like, oh, yeah, I saw my dad the night before. And, like, I was with my dad a lot the night before. And he was fine. Yeah. Like, that kind of seems weird. No one else said that they had all these interactions with their father the night before and thought he was fine. Exactly. Um, 
Oh, and then the only other thing I wanted to note was my little fun fact, because I always have a fun facts section when I take notes. Um, This is also known as the Mansion Murders, I guess, this case. Yes. Do you know more about the mansion? No, all I saw, okay, and this is what I was going to ask, because all I saw is it's a 13-bedroom home on six acres. Yes. So the home, too, which I think is part of the murder mansion name or whatever. So after the, the murders happened, the home was vacant for a period of time. And it was bought out by basically, like, back to organized crime. Um, some sort of Chicago group that opened a casino in the home. And it was, like, a 70-person casino. But it was, like, basically... An illegal casino? I, yes, I believe so, because it was, like, where the mobsters were hanging out. And there was another murder that oh. happened in the home related to that casino after. And then in 2001 or 2002, because I had to have been, like, really little, because I remember driving past the house when I was little, and my mom would be like, oh, those kids that lived there murdered their parents. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> And I had to have been in, like, first grade. So, let's say 2001, 2002, the house, like, all of a sudden mysteriously burned down. And, like, so it's gone. But. That's wild, because I bet that house is haunted as fuck. Yeah, especially, like, so, to have something, like, the Rouse family murders happen. And then it has, like, all this organized crime-related stuff that's going into it. And another murder that happens. There's a lot wow. of shit happening. I really take back that how original comment because it, that home itself is at least linked to organized crime. <laughs> organized crime always gets involved. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I don't know. I I guess yeah. That just happened to be like coincidence more or less. Like, what are the chances that that's what they decided to use this big man vacant mansion for? Yeah, that's crazy. Holy shit. Also thought it was super weird because, so, like, Libertyville, where this happened, is, like, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 minutes away from me. But, like, it's not that close to Chicago. Like, it's considered a Chicago suburb. But, like, it's really a sleepy little town, I feel like. So, the fact that they had, like, a casino and, like, all this organized crime crap happening there, I feel like is very odd to me. But also... Yeah, the I was going to ask, are different. because when I, in one article, it said a suburb about an hour north of Chicago, and I was like, wait, Sydney's in Wisconsin, and she's about an hour north of Chicago. Yeah, and like, so I'm considered to be the furthest northern Chicago suburb. I'm like, you're, I'm, you're I'm an in hour Wisconsin. away. Yep, but it's considered to be a Chicago suburb. Oh, that's weird. I d- I don't know how that works because even like okay so i work in the greater milwaukee area but i live in the greater chicago area that's very interesting it's very weird the way that it's like because i it's the whole reason why this even like came up is super sidetracked but during covid my boss was like sydney you can't leave or it was like everyone you can't leave the greater milwaukee area and i was like 
I leave the greater Milwaukee area every single day. Like, can I continue to come to work, sir? And he was can like, I continue to go home. Basically saying that I was being a smart ass. And I was like, you said it. Like, don't call it like that. Like, I'm just being serious here. <laughs> oh, leave it up to you. <laughs> but it's true. But no, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I think even like the fact that a murder happened in Libertyville is like, it's such a small community that even now I feel like people would be shocked by it. Absolutely. I mean, it was like, they said, one of the articles I read said that this town was very much epitome of like the well-off quiet suburb that, had like no one locked their doors everyone knew everyone Mm -hmm. um like everyone very much knew who these two were in the community when I said I watched clips of the snapped episode I watched like clips of one of the first responders who was like, from the fire department. And so when they found out they were going to the Rouse residence, they knew who they were. Like, they were known in the community. hmm So uh, it definitely was very shocking. And this uh, first responder even said, you know, I've been to thousands of calls like this, and that was, like, one of the most horrific scenes I've ever been to because there was so much overkill with Bruce, and it was so violent and bloody. It was, like, pretty traumatic. (laughs) I'm, like, totally understand why, like, Robin would be, like, messed up. Yeah, that's something that definitely, like, I I guess it's one thing, like, for us to talk about it and, like, hear that there was blood all over and, like, brain matter on the walls or whatever. But to actually see that is just completely different. And for you to see it and it to be someone that's so close to you. Yes. And you're such a young age. That is true, too. Yeah, that's it's sad. It's wild that, like, he really doesn't... I mean, he admitted it 15 years later because, honestly, you gotta think he just robbed a bank. He doesn't have any money left. It sounds like he really doesn't have much going for him. So, realistically, what does he have to lose? Whatever, right? He doesn't care at that point is what it sounded like. Yeah, I'll get a roof over my head. And meals, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why people ultimately end up... No, you're good. I was just thinking, like, I feel like that's why a chunk of people do confess. They stay silent for so long. And then when they ain't got nothing else to do, if they keep doing the same thing, they just run themselves into a hole and are like, all right, whatever. Yeah. And it's really crazy, too. He, like, still doesn't even regret killing his parents. Just, like, that it affected Robin so much. Yes, that really, I thought, was pretty fucked up. Especially because there's, like, no, like, I don't know if you're familiar with the Mendez brothers case, and I'm sure a lot of people might argue with me on what I'm about to say. (sighs) But, like, in the Mendez brothers trial, even, like, a lot of their family has come out and, like, in support of the boys. Well, they're grown-ass men now. Mm -hmm. But because there was a lot of, like, physical and sexual abuse going on in that home um and a lot of the family even like the parents own siblings believe that it was happening after the fact and they just never really like paid attention to it 
But, like, in this case, that wasn't it. It was just you genuinely didn't get along with your parents and they you didn't want them to send you to military school. Yeah, like, you just, you, no real reason. Like, you got into an argument with your parents, like, all right, this is the end. I'm going to kill you now. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. But, unfortunately, that's how people's minds work out there in the world. Scary. Hopefully one of my kids don't kill me. <laughs> yeah future kids i don't have any kids right now except two cats but and jake he's a kid yeah well my one cat might kill me i don't know (laughs) leave sit alone (laughs) all right you got some good uh juicy stuff for us to end this with i got a joke and a fact what do you want okay hit me with the joke first this week switching it up Alright, did you see this week's forecast? Like, weather forecast? Um, I'll say no. (laughs) I don't know what answer is best for the joke. (laughs) You could have said either one, honestly. Okay. (laughs) It's cold today, not tamale. (laughs) You know what's even funnier? Is that's literally (laughs) the forecast. Really? Uh, yeah, it got to like 48 degrees the other night, and I was like, "What the hell is this shit?" It and is then cold it was like here. 82 again today. What? So it's been cold here. It's been like cold and rainy, but it's not really warm. Yeah, it's been like that like all weekend, I guess, and then it literally was hot again today. <laughs> so it was literally that was a very applicable joke. I appreciate it. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. All All right, right. hit me with the fact. So our fact is that the Aztecs discovered tequila on accident. They had witnessed a lightning strike in a agave plant and saw that the plant was oozing a liquid that smelled and had tasted sweet. So then they figured out that when they left it alone, it had fermented into what we now call tequila. No shit! Interesting, right? It goes that's with the weather, f- too. Lightning. <laughs> yeah, but that's really freaking cool. Mm-hmm. I want to do, like, the more you know. And I did the hand motion in a rainbow shape, but no one's <laughs> here to see it. <laughs> it's probably better that way. Probably. For those of you that don't know, <laughs> when Cindy and I record, like, really late at night, or at least late at night for us... I feel like, at least me personally, I feel a little loopy. <laughs> I feel like, in the beginning, I felt really tired. Now I just feel like I've been awake for, like, 75 hours, and I don't know where <laughs> I am. I'm just, like, slap happy. I had to, like, prep myself. Like, you got this. You can stay awake. I literally paused before I hit record because I was yawning. <laughs> and, and now I'm, like, wide awake and loopy. <laughs> Now I'm going to be awake for four more hours. <laughs> Let me know what your next case is. I'll probably do research later. Okay, bet. <laughs> I actually already have a big doubt. Perfect. We're cutting uh, it close nowadays. I know. We are cutting it very close. So we're recording this. Today's Thursday. You guys will hear it on Tuesday. Hopefully, we'll get caught up eventually. <laughs> I'm going to go make a sneak peek when I get off of this. <laughs> Sorry, guys, we're slacking. We <laughs> did some traveling. 
Oh, before um, I actually end this, um, or we end this, it's not just me. Hello, Peyton. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to prop out for all of you spooky and macabre lovers, obviously, because you listen to us. I was just in New Orleans at the end of last week and this past weekend, and we took a ghost bus tour. And we literally, I actually, I'm crazy and psycho when I travel about reading reviews on stuff to, like, randomly pick something. So, we actually almost didn't go on this, like, this tour because of some of the reviews were kind of like, meh, don't really know if I would like that. But, one, we had the best freaking tour guide. I will say his name, so if anyone goes to New Orleans, you tell that man that the two Jews and the Catholic girl that talked to him for like two hours after the two Jews. I'll probably know. Okay. So the guy was Jewish and it's funny. Cause I was there with my boyfriend and his brother and we were there for like his family, a family wedding for him. But anyways, the guy who did the tour was Jewish and he joked like, of course you guys found the only Jewish guy in new Orleans. <laughs> Um, so it's this big thing and we ended up stopping and talking to him or running into him after and talking to him for a while but it's called the Dead of Night Ghosts and Haunts Bus Tour the tour guide his name was Toast literally like the bread in the toaster Toast (laughs) is that his like legal name? I have no idea that's what he goes by But it was super cool because we learned, one, I learned so much about New Orleans burial history and procedures, which sounds very weird. But we visited a lot of cemeteries. We did go into one at the end. So you don't actually really go into them. But you learn a lot about, like, the city history, hauntings, and, like, cemetery history, and like voodoo history it's so freaking cool i highly recommend it i definitely understand now why new orleans is considered the most haunted city in the u.s and i will be planning a trip back (laughs) that was my plug (laughs) i really want to go and now i want to meet toast because i have some questions for him because i want to know if that's his legal name he was so cool i'm gonna need to see some identification sir (laughs) His name's was... probably, like, just Joe or something. <laughs> something like Probably. <laughs> but he was very cool. And he was he was very into what he was telling us and, like, the history and, the, like, of the city and, like, the ghost stories and everything. So, highly recommend it. It was super cool. And for all of you that love the paranormal, people in our tour group got paranormal pictures. Like, there are pictures with abnormalities it was wild it was wild highly recommend yeah spooky jacob got one too i'll have him show you when we see you next weekend (laughs) it better be a real abnormality not just like a a gif of a ghost in the background that he's probably gonna show me (laughs) no it was like he was taking a picture um of like the sign in the hurricane katrina memorial and it's on you know one of those giant stones where it's like the dark stone, like blackish almost. Yeah. And it's carved in like gold or silver writing. It was like that. We were already all starting to like head back towards the entrance to leave. 
And so he had stopped to take a picture and he was the only one there. But in the picture, you see a shadow of two different people standing there against a stone. That's spooky. Yeah, he looked at it and he was like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) There's two of me. Wild. So I'm definitely going to have to do a New Orleans case soon because there's so much crazy history. Yes. And I'm sure they got a lot of good ones. Yes. So uh, that's all I have. Find us on Facebook at Tacos and Tequila Podcast. And Instagram, just Tacos and Tequila. Or slide into our DMs to give us case suggestions. And our Gmail is... Tacosandtequila <laughs> at gmail.com. But yeah, slide into the DMs. I haven't heard from a lot of you. I know you're out there. Yeah, tell us uh, what cases to cover, folks. And also, don't forget to hit... You know, like and subscribe or give us a five-star review. That would be fantastic on Apple Podcasts and greatly appreciated. Yes, I know a lot of you are listening on Apple Podcasts because on the app that we use, it tells me how many of you are listening on Apple Podcasts. And I know that there's more than 10 of you. So the 10 people that reviewed, shout out to y'all. All of you people that listen every week and don't <laughs> review. I'm looking at you. I'm literally going to our page right now, and there's still 10 reviews, folks. There's been 10 reviews since, like, week two. We all can do better. There's been 10 (laughs) reviews since Sydney stole 10 iPhones and raided herself 10 times. Actually, one of the comments is an (laughs) unknown third party, okay? It's not someone we directly know. Yes, but Just whoever that is. Just for the fans. Shout out to whoever you are. Slide into my DMs and let it, let me know it's you. Facts. <laughs> well, um, I like I said, I think that's all I have. Anything else to end it with? No, I think it's bedtime. Okay. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, everyone. Bye. Bye. 